Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good to see you. Well, I guess we're not seeing you this evening, but hopefully uh, we'll be able to see you before long if you're able to attend in person. But we're glad to have you visit with us online, either in the archives or live. And tonight we're in our second night of the Gospel Meeting with Ryan Tootin. We are having a great week this far, uh, thus far, and look forward to another great sermon from God's Word, dealing with the theme of renewing our passion. And so we appreciate him being here with us. And we uh, will be with you in just a second.
we'll get started. Number 43. Let us sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a glory, the glory Oh, 
speak some of it up a little bit. We need to begin to show them about God and who God is and that we serve a God of comfort and love and mercy, a God that will give us strength and hope. Some, some have tried so hard and they, they, they carry that sin around and, and they repent of that sin, but so quickly they will pick that sin back up and it's back and forth, back and forth, and they struggle with those things. And then they feel like, there's nothing I can do. I, I give up. God doesn't love me. I, I can't overcome this. We need to be familiar with the forgiving nature of God. Ready to offer encouragement and admonition. Exhortation to those who are struggling. Tonight what I'd like to do is to notice some things that God says that we should remember. When you're struggling with sin or you know someone that's struggling with sin, these are some things that we need to remember. And I think if we can put these into our remembrance, that it will begin to rekindle the fire and the passion that we have for the salvation that we find in Christ Jesus. For example, number one, renewing my passion means that I need to understand there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. The most wonderful thing about the good news of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us, number one, that the blood remits. There is a remission that takes place with the blood. The night that Jesus Christ instituted the Lord's Supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them. And he said, drink you all of it. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for meaning for the remission of sins. Jesus shed his blood so that the sins that you and I are struggling with can be forgiven. How encouraging is that? You're struggling with sin. You know someone's struggling with sin. To tell them there's power in the blood. The reason that Jesus Christ went to the hill of Calvary, one of the very reasons that he was nailed to the cross to shed his blood, is so that we can be forgiven. One of the blessings that we have when you read the New Testament. How encouraging is it? You see, when you read the Old Testament and, and you see those individuals who struggle just like we do, they struggle with the various issues in their life, and yet they would bring those animal sacrifices, and the Bible says that it's not possible with the blood of bulls and goats to take away their sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ can. Doesn't that encourage you? Doesn't that sound something that would be encouraging to someone who's struggling with sin? Not only does it remit, but it justifies. One of those words that we seldom use in the church today, one of those words that I think we're even scared to talk about, but it just simply means, just if I never see. Can we even begin to comprehend what that means? Paul wrote to the Romans, much more than having now been justified, how? By his blood. We are saved from the wrath through him. The power in the blood of Christ makes it possible for me to be justified, just if I never sin. How encouraging is that? Know that I'll be able to stand before God. Because of the blood of Jesus and his grace, knowing that I've never sinned. Open your Bible, if you will, to Revelation chapter 1. Not only does the blood remit, not only does it justify, but the blood also washes. It washes us. And makes us clean. In Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, notice that it reads John and through the seven churches which are in Asia, grace 
be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before the throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Because Jesus shed his blood, my sins can be washed. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news for someone who's struggling with sin? Oh, yes, you may feel the tremendous guilt for what you have done or what you are doing. You may feel a burden so heavy that you feel that you're going to fall. You feel the distraught. You feel the loneliness, the worthlessness. You know that baggage. You know that weight that you're carrying. It's so encouraging to know there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't you need someone to tell you about Jesus Christ? Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for you to provide a way out from under that heavy burden that you feel. Allowing you to to let go of that that, that guilt of the burden that you feel. Me, I think people that are struggling with sin, that's what they need to hear. Number two, your passion for salvation, you need to know who God truly is. You need to truly know who God is. I want you to open your Bible with me on these passages because they're just so profound to me. And he gives us a glimpse of who God truly is. And he's painting for us a picture. He wants us to know him. He wants us to have a passion because of who he is. In your Bible, to Micah. Chapter 7. God says, I am a God who pardons. Micah chapter 7, beginning in verse 18. We notice here that there was a prophet in, the, in Gad, the Old Testament by the name of Micah. Now, Micah primarily prophesied to the southern kingdom of Judah, some in the Samaria, but, but he was preaching to the people and he was encouraging them to repent of their sins. And the temple in Jerusalem was being destroyed. He prophesied about the children of Israel going into captivity, but he also prophesied about them coming out of captivity and being restored unto God. And as he closes his book, as he's prophesying about the destruction of the temple and the captivity and the restoration, he closes this with an oxology of prayers. The last few verses, beginning at verse 18, who is a God like an Israel? That pardoned iniquity. These were God's people who had sinned over and over and would not repent to the point of captivity. And passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will turn again and he will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquity and will cast all of our sins into the depth of the sea. That will perform the truth of Jacob to the mercy of Abraham, which I have sworn to our fathers in the days of old. You're struggling with sin. You want to know that God is a God who pardons you? Micah says, who is a God like the two things? Not only do we serve a God who will pardon us, we serve a God who is ready to pardon us. Open your Bible to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9, after the return from Babylonian captivity, Nehemiah calls upon the remnant. 
in Jerusalem to repent of their sins. And he calls upon them to fast and to repent and to lift up their voice and to praise to God. And they praised him for his willingness to forgive. They begin to recount and remember how God had delivered them, how God had walked with them and done things for them, how he parted the Red Sea, how he led them by the, the cloudy pillar at night and the pillar of fire, and how he gave them all at Mount Sinai. I provided for them the manna from heaven, the quail. This book, this, this chapter, he's beginning to recount all the things that God had done. And even after seeing the magnificent hand of God, look what they did. Chapter 9, beginning at verse 16. But they and our fathers dealt proudly, hardened their necks, hearkened not to thy commandments. They had been all over the things that God had done, the blessings that fell upon them one after another, and they refused to obey. Neither were mindful of the wonders that is among them, but they hardened their necks, and the rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God, raised upon them. Gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of a great kindness, and forsook their life. Even after the Israelites grew stubborn and disrespect, God still did not forsake them. God still did not leave them. God is a God who will pardon our sins, who will forgive us. He is a God who not only wants to forgive us, but He's ready to forgive us. But also, He is a God who abundantly forgives us. Isaiah 55, verse 7, he says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his faults. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him to obey our God, for he will abundantly pardon us. In other words, God forgives us completely. He's willing to forgive the sin committed, the penalty incurred. Isn't that good news? Our God promises to abundantly pardon you. Wouldn't that be something? that you wanted to hear if you were struggling with sin. If you're struggling with that guilt and you're struggling with immorality, an addiction, whatever it may be, there's a sin in your life. Don't you want someone to say, let me tell you, there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ and that power of that blood gives that remission of sin. It justifies you. It washes you. You serve a God who wants to forgive you, who's ready to forgive you, and he will completely forgive you. Don't you want to hear that? Doesn't that begin to renew your passion? I struggle. We all sin from time to time. That's the God we serve. Three, you want to renew your passion? Talk about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? See, what God forgives, He forgets. He remembers it no more. He removes that offense from His record. Open your Bible, if you will, to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it reads, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. What does that even mean? What does it mean to have your sins blotted out? Now, notice that going back to some of the, the antiquities there, if you will, the word here is interesting because in those days, there was no acid content in the ink, and so the ink would not bite down into the papyrus as ink would today in paper. And so maybe you've even heard of a pen knife where they could actually take it, they could come up under the uh, on the papyrus and literally just lift the letters off, lift the words off, 
little papyrus or, or maybe even the wax tablets that they would use with sharp pointed sticks and they would write within there. When a mistake was taken, they could take it and just wipe it out. And, and so in their mind, that word, to wipe it out, they understood this. They understood that concept that here was this piece of papyrus with writing on it, and it could be lifted off or it could be wiped out. It's that same concept that we have today about the idea of what God does. If you can imagine in your mind there's sin, and God would write your sin on a chalkboard or a, or a whiteboard, and he began to say, and we put all the things that we've done on this board here, and no doubt they're numerous and and they're various because we're different. We have different personalities, different temptations, different environments. All of us are struggling with different things, but it's all the same thing, which is sin. And God said, what? Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. They're gone. They're no longer there. How do we know they're no longer there? The Bible teaches us that I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Isn't that something you would like to know while you're struggling with sin? God will forgive you and wipe your slate clean that he will totally forgive you. When one considers how God's forgiveness includes that blotting out, the remembering no more, all of a sudden he starts to rekindle that passion because I read verses like, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sins are covered. And in Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. All of a sudden now I'm realizing I'm back in a relationship with God where I need to be. Things are changing. I don't have to feel the way that I feel. Because my sins are no longer there. Still, we're struggling. Blood has a tremendous amount of power in it. We also understand that we look at those things and we understand what forgiveness is and what God forgives. He forgets because He's a God who pardons us and He's ready to pardon and He's abundantly going to pardon us. And then He's trying to. Number four, let's talk about what he's done for others. You see, sometimes we still struggle. But we're still saying, if you don't understand what I've done, you don't understand the sin that I have committed. What has God done for others? I think about those in the day of Pentecost. What did God do for them? You back up and you think about these individuals, they were the ones that literally screamed Christians. There were the ones when Peter says, therefore let the house of Israel know that that same Jesus that you crucified. They were the ones who were there spitting in his face and mocking him and laughing at him and throwing things at him and screaming, crucify him, crucify him. He says, repent and be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission God forgave those wicked, sinful people who crucified his son. 3,000 souls that day were baptized in the Christ and God forgave People today say, God must forgive me. You don't know what I've done. These people crucified the son. In your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 6.
study when you read the book of Corinthians. People that made up this particular congregation of God's people. And in chapter 6, beginning at verse 9, Paul would write unto them, he says, No, you not be unrighteous, should not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, either fornicators, idolaters, or adulterers, or effeminate, or homosexuals, or users themselves of mankind, or thieves, covetous, or drunkards, revilers, extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Look at the list of those individuals. Look at the things that were being done, the immorality, the addiction, the, the, the things that were just complete debauchery. And then he says in verse 11, and such were some of you. These were the people that made up the church and God at Corinth. These individuals that were adulterers and idolaters and homosexuals and revilers and all these wicked people were sitting in the pews there at Corinth. And he said, and such were, such were some of you, but you have been washed, sanctified, and justified. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God. What did God do to the ones who crucified His Son? What did God do to these individuals who were complete and vile? He forgave them. God would forgive those sins, would He not forgive them? What about Paul? We often talk about Paul. Paul himself told Timothy, What? I'm a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was the chief of sinners. What did God do? He forgave him and made him a minister to the Gentiles. You may be struggling deep with sin, but God promises to forgive. What did he do for us? And finally, let's talk about a land of beginnings. It's always possible with God and the kingdom of God to have a second chance. I think about Peter, the one who looked at the Lord and said, and the Lord looked at him and said, Oh, ye of little faith. Once he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. And it was Peter who denied the Lord in the greatest need three times. On the day that the Lord was resurrected and the angels were in the tomb and the women came to the tomb, the angel says, But go your way and tell the disciples and Peter that he goes before you in the Galilee. Why well, tell Peter? Jesus wanted Peter to know everything was okay. Everything was going to be okay, Peter. Peter, you got to tell each other. Prodigal son finally comes to his senses. He chooses to go to his father. How did his father receive him? As soon as his father saw him, he was filled with compassion, tears streaming down his face. And, it, and he's sitting there going to plead his father's forgiveness. At the same time, the father is screaming, bring the robe and, and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Let us eat and be merry. How did the father react that way? Because he said, well, this my son was dead and he is alive and he was lost. And now he's You look what he did for Peter. You look at the story of the prodigal son is a story of God's relationship with those who walk away. I ask you this question as we begin to close. What about you? Are you struggling with sin? It doesn't matter how bad you think you're sin. It doesn't matter how sinful you think you may be. Some people think they've sinned so many times and ask forgiveness so many times and they've been so wicked and God would never forgive you. Remember me when I struggle with 
you struggle with sin. Now, I don't know everyone that's in this room here tonight, but I do know that we all struggle with sin. If you're not struggling with sin, you probably know somebody in here. What are these things that people need to hear? Don't they need to hear that there's power in the blood? That power in the blood is remission of sin and gives you justification and it washes you. And God says, because of what I have done, let me tell you who I am. I'm going to forgive you. I'm ready to forgive you. I want to completely forgive you. And let me tell you what that means. Forgiveness means that I'm going to remember no more. I'm going to remove it as far as the east is from the west. I'm going to put it down in the depths of the sea. I'm going to wipe it away. And I'm going to prove that because let me show you what I've done for others. This, this is what I've done for those who killed my son. I forgave them. Those that were vile and, and wicked and perverse, I forgave them. In the land of beginning, you look at Peter, you look at the prodigal son, and God said, this is, this is what I want to do with you. You've made some mistakes. You struggle with those sins. Now ask forgiveness. Move in the right direction, and I can use you. It will be the mighty man of God. If you're here tonight and you're struggling, that's what this meeting is about. I want to encourage you to come and you have a seat on the show road and you can be fine. If you're not a Christian, your sins can be forgiven the same way that through the obedience of the gospel, through the confession that Jesus Christ is a son of God, and you're willing to confess that and repent of your sins, be baptized right now for the remission of your sins. Have those sins washed away. It doesn't matter what you've done. Sin is sin, and sin separates us from God. And if you lost that passion because you have sin in your life, remove it. David said, as he began his penitent song in Psalm 51, he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He lost the joy of his sin. Have a meet tonight while we meet. Please come together and sing this.
times the sermon this evening, something that folks struggle with, something we all struggle with, sin is something those who have not obeyed the gospel struggle with, and, and usually so, something Christians struggle with, and we know there's hope, but sometimes we get caught up in the struggle ourselves and, and just, just can't tell which way is up. And then there's those folks, like you said, that are struggling with past sins. And the great thing is, God's better than what our, what we are to ourselves sometimes. Thankful for the love of God and for His mercy and salvation we can have through Him. I'm thankful for this remembrance of these things. If you have any questions, I'm sure Brother Ryan would be glad to talk to you and, and discuss anything. You may have a question about what he's had to say this evening from God's Word. You may have a question about things that you saw or heard, and we'd be glad to sit down with the Bible and discuss those things with you. Before we dismiss, we're going to go to number 724. 724, and after this song, we're going to ask my daddy, Riley Nelson. You can call him daddy, I suppose, if you want to. I don't know. Maybe I'm not answering. But we're going to ask him to lead us in our closing prayer. And after the service, we're going to have a meal over the house, food over the house. If you're able to stay, we'll be glad for you too and enjoy that time of our fellowship and getting to know one another better. 
mind, for his ability, for his willingness to stand for the truth of thy word, proclaim it. Praise him, long life, and I serve his father. We pray for his work. <clears throat> the congregation with whom he's with now, and his family. We're thankful this congregation meets here for his leadership, for the minister that works here, Father. We pray thy blessings to all of us, Father. Dear Lord, we pray that everyone will look to thee, Father, to guide them through their lives. They'll look to thy word and obey it, Father. Keep safe as we travel home this evening. In son's name.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.